Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. I'm going to start with a question and it's a really simple question. Do you know how to make iced coffee? And you might be wondering where it comes from, but it comes from the fact that at the start of the week it was obviously getting very hot and I um, I still needed my caffeine intake, but I couldn't face uh, hot drinks. So I thought, right, we'll, we'll go iced coffee and that seemed to be the solution. Now, you're going to say to me, yes, of course, now to make iced coffee, but for whatever reason, I had one of those blocks. And so I googled how to make iced coffee. And what came back was you brew a pot of coffee, you put some milk in it, if you want milk, and you put it over ice. And that was what came back. And I had to google that. We might as well go straight into some twangy guitar. Okay, so I'm going to try and be quite clever. And that's my definition of quite clever, but I'm going to try and be quite clever this week. And what I'm going to try and do is I'm reading a book by Robert Harris called The Second Sleep. Now, I've had this book on the shelf for a long while, um, but I've never got round to it. For some reason, I really like Robert Harris. And for some reason, there was just something about the you know the blurb on the back of the book that that has, has not put me off but has meant it's one of those oh I'll get to that at some point and to be fair it was the same with another book of his called Conclave and then really enjoyed it when I read it so I started reading this book The Second Sleep right and The Second Sleep has as its premise and I'm only halfway through I haven't got anywhere near the answers yet so at the moment I've got the tea up I haven't got the answers but the premise for the book is that it's in about six seven eight hundred years in the future something like that i can't tell you exactly i can't remember exactly but it's it's that kind of distance in the future but it's a future that's kind of feels like it's in the you know 14th or 15th century in terms of how it's being described and in terms of how people are living it's difficult to date because it's a little bit all over the place it's stuff that wouldn't seem to all fall naturally together so it could be you know, it could be anything between sort of the 12th and, say, the 17th century, realistically, possibly even more. Um, but this this book is, is based in the future, and it's based on the fact that something has beset man. And therefore, the society that we know um, and, and now has crumbled and disappeared. And there's very little record of, of what went wrong. In fact, there's no record, really, of what uh, went wrong amongst the general public. And um, there are sort of artifacts and there are sort of scars of what's of what's gone on. Um, but we're getting to the point where we're starting to get some some kind of backstory to what actually happened. And it looked like the, the last year was 2025. That was the, the before whatever took place took place and threw everything back in into, you know, what is the reality at that point in time. So what I was going to try and do was it chimed because when I'd written down a few things I was going to talk about this week, it it almost became these were the some of the reasons why what happened to our society now um, happened and has left this fictional state in the book. If you if you know, try and keep up. I'm sorry if it doesn't make a lot of sense, but try and keep up. Hopefully it makes sense as we go along. So. I heard, um, I was listening to a podcast this week, I was listening to The Rest is Politics with Rory Stewart and Alistair Campbell, and they were talking about the issue with semiconductors. Now, if you might be aware of the fact that there's been a lot of supply shortages of, of things, and one of the reasons why there's been a lot of supply shortages of things is because there's a shortage of chips. 
There's a, a huge shortage of chips and there's a huge shortage of semiconductors. And the fact is that most of the world's semiconductors are made by either China or Taiwan. Now, you may well know that China have got their eyes on Taiwan at the moment. Um, and obviously one of the reasons, you know, you would look at this and, and go, well, if China took over Taiwan, then that would be an absolute throttle on on semiconductors and also these other conductors that are used for AI. And the danger in all of that is that semiconductors essentially make up everything that we use. So all the, all the mechanisms, all the just-in-time mechanisms, all the delivery mechanisms our entire ability to logistically work the world relies on semiconductors. And if we lost those semiconductors, then the way we work at the moment would disappear. And there isn't kind of a backup. There isn't a there isn't a, a sort of um there isn't there isn't a kind of a paper version that everybody's got that they can work with straight away. When it all breaks down, it all breaks down. In the same way at the start of the pandemic, when when all the containers were in the wrong place globally, there wasn't an easy fix to that. And there wouldn't and there would absolutely not be an easy fix to to essentially everybody's structures disappearing overnight. So how we move food and grain and how we run the health service and all those kind of things would, would just disappear. And it seemed to me that that would be something, if anything catastrophically went wrong or, or a country held the world to ransom over that, that would be a fall into anarchy in a very, very short space of time and could be one of the reasons for what happens in the second sleep actually happening. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? So that I listened to that on Monday and I thought, do you know what? That's... That chimes with the book. And as the week's gone on, every time I've heard something, I've thought to myself or, or, or experienced something, that could be another reason why what happened in this book actually happened. And I don't know yet. I don't know what, what could have caused it. Now, it could have been an asteroid, okay? Um, and we haven't... There's not been anything about asteroids this week, so I can't put in that, and that might be a case. But I'm going to go through what I've, what's gone on in the week and see if I can link it to this book, and then you can let me know whether I've made a reasonable job or not by the end of the week. So Monday, today, semiconductors. Tuesday. So for number two, and this one's nailed on for today, really, because today's been the, the hottest day I've experienced in the place that I live. Um, we've had 37 or 38 degrees where we are today, and that is by far the hottest I think I've ever experienced, actually anywhere, so even if on holiday, what have you, but certainly the hottest in terms of the country that I, I live in. So, And of course, what that has meant last meant is we've had loads and loads of, of talk about climate change. Of course we have, and what we're doing to the planet, and, and, and absolutely as we should, because you know, what's happened today and what's happened in terms of this heat dome thing that's gone on, which has locked all this weather into Europe, is not normal. This should not be happening. So there's definitely an element of the fact that we have changed the climate to do what it's doing at the moment. So taking it back to the book, then the obvious one for today would be climate change. Would would be another few years and something catastrophic happens with the planet that essentially wipes out a large portion of the of the population. Now, 
that could be rising seas, that could be all manner of things. And I don't know how it would then work out that a few hundred years later it all dissipates, but maybe it would do. Maybe if maybe if the planet was underwater and everything that we're doing now in terms of to the damage to the planet uh, and, 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 you know, burning the fossil fuels and, and producing the, the, the carbons at the element at the rate that we are, maybe if that stopped and you left it 100, 150, 200 years, maybe the Earth would right itself. Maybe the seas would... Um, you know, level out a little bit. Maybe, maybe it would sort itself out, and you would return to a, you would return to a state. I don't know. I'm not the person to, you know, I don't do science. I've never done science. I don't get science. But the point is, something's happened today that seems strange, and I'm reading this book thinking, well, okay, semiconductors could be a thing. That's a, that's a, that's a global changing possibility. There's absolutely no doubt that what we're doing to the planet is a global changing opportunity. So I'm going to go with that for Tuesday. Wednesday. It literally beggars belief. Um, but one of the options for the future prime minister uh, for a period of 18, 19 months, probably longer, potentially two years, I think because the, the, the the election was late in the year, so potentially two more years. One of the options being paced in front of the 160,000 um, potential Tory members who will get to make this decision is Liz Truss. And, and I find it strange even saying Liz Truss is one of the options. Um, I mean, I, I, she is vacuous beyond vacuous. She's, she's Everything Boris Johnson without any of the features of Boris Johnson that actually make him vaguely tolerable. I mean, I mean, if you've seen her deliver a speech or answer a question or do anything, or what's that strange thing she does with her hands? I haven't got a clue. But I mean, Liz Truss is just... I, I don't know how we get into a situation where Liz Truss is, is there on, a, on a, a, a choice of two to essentially be prime minister of this country um, and by the way, there's nothing any of us or the vast majority of us can do about it. Uh, we've just got to wait and see what comes out. I mean, it, it wasn't a great field to start off with, but Liz Truss. Anyway, back to my book, Liz Truss. There's all manner of things that Liz Truss could do that would bring about the end of the planet. Um, I mean, there's just so much in what hate and so much that woman wants to stoke just to allow herself to get into power, that whilst I can't think of an absolute dead-on thing that she would cause, the fact of the matter is we will have a nutter in, in Downing Street. You know, we will have an unhinged... She seems to me one of those people who will develop, if she hasn't got already, a nervous tick. And that worries me. The person who's got the ability to say yes to the ukes having a, a nervous tick worries me. And she's got that strange kind of unhinged glint in her eye. So today's option, and it probably is, look, this is a long shot. I, I think when I get to the end of the second sleep, I don't think Robert Harris will have put Liz Truss as being the reason why, um, you know, the earth was in the state it was. But I'm, I'm throwing Liz Truss out there as a, as, a, as a possible. I know this one's a little bit, you know, a little bit kind of spurious, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. So Wednesday, the fate of the planet could really have been, or everything could have been down to Liz Truss. Thursday. 
I've got this far in and I'm, I'm thinking this probably wasn't the greatest of ideas. If you think I'm a bit unhinged and I've lost it this week, then uh, you're probably about right. So you might have to just file this one as what the hell was Anton this week. And it might just be the heat at the start of the week. But honestly, when I when I when when this dropped for the first time, um, which was about Wednesday, I thought this was a great idea. But now it's actually in practice. I'm not quite sure. But you know what? I'm going to plough on anyway. So quick reminder, I'm reading this book, The Second Sleep. Something befalls the earth, and a few hundred years later, people are looking back to try and work out what it is. I don't know what it is. I've not got that far in the book yet. Um, but my week has been littered with things that theoretically could have brought about whatever catastrophic event wiped out a large amount of the population and put whatever was left of the population into a state that was, you know, a thousand years before, if that makes sense. Right, okay. Slightly serious now, though. So today... I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about this new telescope and the images that are being brought to us this week that have come from this new telescope. I think it's the Webb telescope. And they're from billions of, of light years ago, I think, um, in terms of obviously because of the amount of time it takes the light to arrive and yada, yada, yada. So they're already in the past. But these are there's some really incredible images and it's making us rethink exactly, you know, how big space is, what's, what, how space works, all those kind of things. But it it got then to this whole question in this podcast, which wasn't a it was a politics podcast, it wasn't a space podcast, or it wasn't a science podcast. But this this chap who was talking said, "Look, what if it turns out? What if it turns out we're the only intelligent life out there? Now everything would suggest that there probably is other life out there. But what if this freak?" Of, of everything happening that happened on Earth, the, the, the way it brought about where we are now. What if that's only happened here? And what if, if anything happened to us, if anything happened to the planet, that's it. That's it for the galaxy. That's it for the universe. That's it for everything. Which really scared me, actually. When I, when I heard it, I don't, it made me go cold when he, when he said what he said, but I could understand the blunt logic of what he was, what he was saying. And it, at that point, then this element in the book about, um, about something catastrophic happening and how close, clearly in the book, it came to the end of, of, of us as a civilization. Um, made me think about how precarious all of this is. So all of these things that could spiral out of control, and you go back and you think of things like the Cuban Missile Crisis, or you think about what's going on in, um, you know what's going on, on, on in Ukraine. Think about the stories we've been hearing about Putin effectively weaponizing food by not allowing grain to get out. If grain doesn't get out and people go hungry, then what happens? They move around the planet. There is there is unrest. There is anarchy. We're only ever however many meals away from from you know literally full blown anarchy. What if that full blown anarchy went all the way? What if it took out all of the structures? And I'm not saying that that's going to happen. You know, and it could equally be an asteroid or something else. But the point is, what a, what a, what? How precarious may life in the universe be? If the best shot for life in the universe is us, which is the point he was making. So it ties in with the book a little bit. It doesn't, doesn't give us an exact example. Though we, as it's space, we could throw asteroid in because that's that is, you know, that is that's a 
did for the dinosaurs. So that really, that really did stop me in my tracks and did actually make me, I was, I was on a walk and it did make me go cold. It did send that shiver down the, the back of my spine when he said what he said. And it's a really sobering thought, but it definitely ties into the book. So maybe we are back on track. Friday. So in an effort to bring this concept home and just about get away with it, I needed something today. I needed something today that would round all this off and maybe finish with a bang. George Martin used to always put a banger of a Beatles track on the beginning of an album, uh, beginning of a side of an album and at the end. So on, on our, let's say there's a Beatles album with 12 tracks on it. Number one and number six would be bangers and number seven and number 12 would be bangers because they, they bookended the side of, a, of an LP. And I'm hoping that I'm going to bookend this with an absolute winner, which means that you get here... And though you've probably given up on this concept far earlier than now, you might just be rejuvenated. Maybe the whole space thing's sent a shiver and put you a little bit, you know, off balance. And I can actually take this, I can bring it home from here in. So, and what did I need? I needed something to happen today to bring this home. So we've had, we've had spacey stuff, you know, we've had semiconductors, we've had absolute bloody nutters with their, their fingers on buttons, you know. Um, what what else have I got with our climate change? What else have I got that can bring it home? The COVID inquiry opened today. Boom. It's there. We've done it. It's there. We've put plague in there. Disease in there. We've bought... And it doesn't have to be that. You know, it doesn't have to be... It could be anything we currently know if it turns out that uh, antibiotic resistance kicks in. So it might even be something simple that we think we've cured, or it might be something that comes along like COVID, which which comes and does it for us and just finishes it off. And it's entirely possible that it might. So I needed something to make this whole concept work. And you know what? They opened the COVID inquiry today. Now, I've been waiting for the COVID inquiry, if nothing other, because I think it will really, really be an embarrassment on the government. And for certain, and I appreciate it was a once in a lifetime event, but you know what? There were certain things that were still done wrong and we need to call them out. The care home thing was an absolute travesty. We should not have done what we did with care homes. We sending sending ill people back into care homes and then ring fencing them and letting it play out in care homes was deeply irresponsible. Not locking down for the second lockdown early enough was deeply irresponsible. There's lots of things we did wrong. And I can almost forgive the wasted cash. But there's things, decisions we made that cost lives. Not going to the first half dozen Cobra meetings cost lives. Going on television and going around the country and shaking hands with people cost lives. So we need this inquiry. But do you know what? I needed something to finish the podcast off. And absolutely, and I'd not even thought about it. I had no idea when it was coming. And it just landed today. I was literally um, in the car. I'd been out for a run. I wanted to run on the flat. So I drove somewhere and ran and drove back, um, which is fairly common. I mix between the two. And and I'm driving back. And what am I hearing? I'm hearing COVID inquiry. And I just thought, that's it. We've got we've got Friday. This This little concept episode. I mean, I don't know if you can have a concept podcast, a concept album version of a podcast. But... You know, and it's very brave to try. Um, but this concept podcast, I needed something and I got it. Thank you. And I, I shouldn't really be saying thank you to COVID, but thank you for the COVID inquiry being today. Um, and that's it. And and even now, I'm not sure if this has landed, but you know what? We'll wait and see. 
see if it see if it works with anybody. If one person gets it, that'll be great. And we'll be back to some kind of normality, I guess, um, next week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, uh, and I will speak to you very soon. <laughs>